navigating today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. Pavati remembers one of the largest fires that swept through her small community in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It was a year when Mother Nature delivered very little precipitation to the foothill areas, and this set the stage for a forest fire that year. According to Pavati, it was a vehicle that started the fire. Once started, winds accelerated the spreading of the fire and made the situation even worse. The experience of this fire was a reminder that people are more important than things, and right actions bring victory. Pavati found out firsthand that patience and wisdom, with an attitude of never giving up, was the set of ingredients that helped her small community in the Sierras recover from such a devastating fire. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Parvati Hansen. Well, this morning I took a wonderful drive through the Sierra Nevada mountains in Northern California, and I found myself arriving at Ananda Village. Pavati is, is sitting right here in front of me now, and she has had quite an experience here at, at Ananda Village, which she'll be sharing today. So Pavati, thanks for agreeing to sit with me this yes, morning. Yes, you're welcome. I'm happy to. Now, we're in Northern California. We're in a beautiful part of of the Sierra Nevada mountains at a wonderful place called Ananda Village. But how did you find yourself here of all places? Where where have you come from? Where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles in uh, 1946 and uh, found myself wanting a spiritual life as I went to college and all of that and found Ananda through, it was the very beginning years of Ananda and I found it through a meditation and yoga class in the Bay Area, in the Palo Alto area. I had gone to San Jose State and finished my college degree there in 1969 and then uh, wandered around, worked a little bit and traveled a little bit and then wanted something more expansive and more spiritual for the rest of my life. What were you actually studying when you were in, in the college? Social studies, history, Spanish, different Sort of things. liberal arts. Liberal arts, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, today we have probably over 200-some people here. And back in those days, I can't imagine more than a couple dozen. Is that the way it no, was? No, no. Actually, there was a lot of interest in communities at the end of the 1960s and early 1970s. So there were a, quite a number of people here. I'd say when I first came, maybe 90. When I moved here, maybe 100, 110. And that included families, children, all kinds of people. Uh, but there was there was quite a lot of interest. Not all those people stayed, and there was a lot of coming and going. But initially, with Ananda, there was a core group, and that core group started to build slowly over the years. The story you're going to be telling us dated back in 1976, and and I recall, I mean, as a hydrogeologist, I 1976, 1977 was a very low water year. We were in a significant drought here in California. And unfortunately, what seems to come with dry times in, 
in the Sierras, but really anywhere out west, are fires. And yes. you were here, isn't that right, in 1976 <laughs> yes. when the big fire happened here in your community? Yes, I was here, and I had only been here four years. And uh, yes, it was extreme drought conditions. And in fact, all of us, uh, I worked uh, in an office building here at the village, Ananda Village, and we all had little packs ready to go in case there was a fire that we could run out and help fight the fire and also we'd have some clothing to put on boots and things like that to help we all had that at our uh, desks so yeah it was it was a big every area of the country has its thing and in the sierra foothills uh, fire is the big danger so we uh, anyway we were somewhat prepared early days but uh, uh, we couldn't do much about the fire that happened. Well, how did that particular fire start? That particular fire um, started by a Nevada County uh, truck with a faulty spark arrestor, and it just didn't clear that, and so the spark started a fire. And uh, I, hap I happened to be at down at the crossroads, just uh, about a half a mile away, and someone said, oh, look, there's smoke. There must be a fire. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was the end of June, early time for a fire. But there it was. And I thought, uh-oh. So I raced back to the community and told everyone that that was happening. And we had a fire bell. We rang, and everybody came up. And we went up on, we have a ridge here that overlooks a uh, 360 degree view, but overlooks where that fire had started and was coming up the hill. And unfortunately, afternoon brings wind, and there was a good, strong wind. And so we looked at this fire, which was just ru rushing through all the grass areas, uh, very much grass and some trees in that area, but uh, it was just rushing up the hill very, very fast. And so we all went out there with our hodads and our little water backpacks, and we thought we were going to do something. And I took one look at it, and I thought, no way. It was coming so fast. I mean, no way is right. You you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. So where did you end up going? To, uh, where was a safe place? Well, uh, actually, there was a lot of confusion. 1976, uh, here at Ananda Village, we had no paved roads. We had one telephone uh, down at the market area, our down, little downtown area, and so everyone was just scattering. And uh, so we looked at it. Before I knew, I drove across the ridge and into uh, an area. Um, actually, I was with a friend, and we had a truck at that point. And so we drove across. By the time we got across to a housing area, um, the fire had spread to the pine trees. They were 100 feet high, and it was 100 feet high. So we're talking about a crown fire. That's the worst kind. We're talking about fire everywhere. And it would bypass other buildings. But where we were going, where houses were built in among the trees, all of a sudden we were looking up and there was 100-foot fire behind us. So we had this pickup truck. We drove across, went down by the homes, and we said, okay, Fire, you have five minutes to get out what you want. And people literally couldn't think. And the fire was upon us. And we said, look, 
and it was right there. So people basically ran, and some people got out some things. They had already, uh, some of them had just moved, and they had boxes with things. So they, we said, just throw whatever you can in the back of the truck. If you have any paintings, valuables, what we tried to name off things. Some people handed us junk, and others were able to get some things out, but it happened so quickly and an afternoon with wind that we basically just drove down and one person said, oh no, I've got a hose and I'm watering. We said, don't stay, you can't. Give us what you can and get out. And so we kept driving down and got what we could. So was anybody hurt in this, this Amazingly, whole thing? Amazingly, no, not of our oh, members. Oh, wow, that's yeah, a Yeah, it was amazing fire. because the fire was very intense, it burned Gosh, uh, probably anywhere from three to six hundred acres. It burned all of our homes. All of the homes that people were living in, except one, was gone. The businesses were not burned, again, miraculously. There were exploding propane tanks. People were trying to get if they had cash in their homes or valuable papers or they were going to get them. And somehow nobody was hurt except that particular time, as you mentioned, Steve, um, was a great drought time in California, and there were fires in Northern California. All the Boreid bombers were gone except one. And they come from the local airport here at Grass Valley. So there was one Boreid bomber, and they dropped the powder that helps to suppress the fire. So that didn't really happen, and that pilot the plane crashed and he died. He died on this fire at this location? On this fire oh, at this location. Boy. Not right on the location, in the area. He was going off and the plane crashed for whatever reason. But he was the only one. We had ground fire crew on the ground and they made fire breaks, which saved a few things. But anyone right around Ananda, neighbors who had bought land or whatever, their houses also burned. But it, when we looked at it afterwards, where the fire went, it was our fire. It burned Ananda, basically. Wow, uh, unfortunate. But, but you did gain value, wisdom from this. Surprisingly, during emergency responses, this can happen. Uh, what did you gain from this? Well, the fire was actually a great blessing for us. When Ananda started, as I mentioned, it was early, late 1960s, early 1970s, and we had uh, built a lot of things with approval from the county because they looked at us as a church camp with a bunch of tents. And so we had trailers, we had teepees, we had built some homes, but none of it was to code. And it wasn't required at the time. We were just a fledgling thing, and I think the county was probably waiting to see if we would actually survive uh, in the early years. But the fire cleared all of that out. And so um, anybody that came to an because people came to Ananda for a lot of different reasons during those very early years. It was a formative time for the community. Uh, Swami Kriyananda was a very good leader, but not forceful, and he did not make people look to him as the leader. He, d he drew people in by magnetism, energy, and cooperative uh, uh, sharing of ideals. And so people that came here that had 
more in mind, just a community, and liked the country, and it was beautiful. Well, it wasn't anymore. Uh, we were left with charred remains, smoking street tree stumps that went on for six months, and uh, everything was gone. And so we lost about 25% of our members at that point. And that was fine. People needed to move on, some of them, and uh, uh, just we had to reform from people that really wanted to be here and were very committed to the spiritual core and the ideals that we were uh, gathered together to form this community from. They had to be uh, dedicated to those, to, s to want to stay. We didn't enforce anything, it was just what happened. So really then, this, this uh, terrible fire turned out to be a filter of sorts that filtered those who really truly were here for the reasons of the group versus uh, yes. uh, just a fun place to live. Yes, exactly. No, exactly. You know, it's really amazing. I mean, an example of that type of f quality of community, you guys didn't even sue the county. A lot of times lawsuits fall out, especially when you know what the trigger was for starting the fire. Yes. You and that, guys did not do that. And that was momentous. Um, Swami Kriyananda was away when the fire happened. When he came back, we we juggled everything and people were living everywhere but soon after that because it was a uh, county started fire uh, our neighbors found that they could sue and they needed to a lot of people out here didn't have insurance we didn't have any insurance for the fire for all of those homes that burned no insurance but Swami Kriyananda said to all of us he said look if we sue it will be a burden to our neighbors. And so he said, we won't sue. And we said, fine, let's not sue. Uh, we, could, we were by far the largest uh, losers in that fire. Probably we could have sued for two or three or four or five million dollars. And we didn't sue. One of the uh, core foundations of Ananda is where there is right action, there is victory. And so right action to us was not burdening our neighbors for something that God sent to us. You know, again, as I said, looking at that map afterwards, it was our fire. For whatever reason, we believe in karma and reincarnation. And uh, so we just said, okay, we'll just figure out how to rebuild. Well, what came out of this was a very positive, can-do-anything type of attitude where you're not tr trying to hurt anybody. Yes, positive. But you're trying Ab to build something. Absolutely. And build positive. something for the future. Yes, absolutely. So let's carry this into today. How would you apply these messages, uh, this, this wisdom that you gained from the experience of 76 today? In well, these times. In interestingly enough, I've lived a life where I've been with Ananda for over 40 years, but I haven't lived only in one place. I've been out establishing centers and communities really all over, all over the United States, uh, lived in Italy twice. So I've had that kind of experience. And uh, you have to have the attitude because all of Ananda has been built from grassroots. We have built uh, centers and communities where the people of that area wanted them. But when you go into an area, uh, then you have to, especially for the ministers, which I was in those situations, you have to have a pioneering spirit. Okay, how can we all, the people in the area and us, how can we make this happen? 
Let's do it together. If we were to take the circumstance, I mean, you were in a, that was a nasty situation. Everything burnt to the ground. And I think now, more, more recently, uh, as this is, is, as our interview is happening now, we have tornadoes that have wiped out a huge swath of very urban areas. People are, are building from the ground up, just as you guys did here. How would you apply what you learned to help those people today? What I would say is one, be sure that you want to live where you are living, and that has to be a, a reality. This is my home, this is what I want. And then from that, don't look back, just go forward. It took probably three to five years. We did not have any, as I say, we did not sue the county, therefore, and we had no federal aid to do that. It was just us. So this is tough, and it took that, that's why I'm saying it took that long, because we built from the ground up using the resources that we could bring together through people. But when that happens, then that is very, very strong. People are invested in what they have, and they will build from the ground up very strongly. The other, as I mentioned before, right action brings victory. Also, the other thing that we use here at Ananda as a way to look at things is that people are more important than things. And so <coughs> we built as the people were ready to build. And when they came, they had money, people brought things, we could rebuild in a very strong way. If we had just said, well, we need to rebuild right now, the fire just happened and it's 1977 and we just need to get moving, we didn't do that. We allowed people the time to recover, and our situation may be unique, but we allowed people time to recover, to rebuild their resources, time for new people to come, which we went out on tour, 1978, two nationwide tours. People came from that, interested in what we had here, and then they brought uh, resources to build homes and things. It sounds to me like it was patience and wisdom that allowed people to wait out for their moment and then the attitude of never giving up because anything can be achieved after even a, a disaster as, as bad as that one. Yes, I would say that's absolutely true. You know, in various parts of the world, they have different ways of dealing with this. We have a center in us, outside of Assisi in Italy and when they have earthquakes there, they bring in containers because those buildings are stone. They know they're not going to be able to rebuild them immediately. And so they bring in what they call containers. They're basically trailers. And people, you know, again, it's a delicate balance. You don't want to get to the point that you're living in temporary structures so long that you lose hope. And in fact, in Italy in 1997, a major earthquake happened outside of Assisi. And Swami Kriyananda immediately started a little organization there, just on the cuff, called Hope and Homes for Italy. Yeah, the uh, Speranza e la Case per l'Italia. And that was a way to keep energy moving and to uh, help rebuild. Parvati, thank you You're for welcome. talking to me today. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> 